Hello, friends. It's Kirk Henderson and Josh Bowe. We're calling from within a few miles of one another for the first time in Mavericks history as I finally made my way to Dallas. Josh, how are you? I'm good. This is the return. I don't think you've really done... I think this is your first podcast since you started your moving process earlier in the week, if I remember correctly. Right. I, I feel like I started my moving process 20 years ago. <laughs> yeah. Age, age terribly. I don't know how you move. Um, it was, it's, it's been fun. Um, but, you know, in, in the meantime, there's been kind of, um, I don't know, it's the time of year where there, there's a lot of, of, of uh, void to fill where it, it tends to f- get filled by us panicking uh, about various things. Then because of the speed up of the NBA schedule, they held the draft yesterday, which I think we'll circle back to later. And now we're kind of in that in-between stage between draft and free agency. And with the draft out of the way of, I don't know, about six o'clock Friday night, uh, Sham Sharania of The Athletic uh, noted that uh, Josh Richardson of the Mavericks is opting into his deal and getting traded to the Boston Celtics, which, I mean, how do you feel about this? I'm I'm, going to admit that I'm a little surprised. Um, It's a good thing. But it's like unfortunate that it's a good thing. Um, I think we all, like everyone listening, me and you, we all agree that after one season of what we saw from Josh Richardson was enough. And I don't think any of us were too happy, too enthused about him staying on the team for an extended period of time. Uh, last season was very rough for him. Uh, obviously, he had a lot of things not go his way, you know, getting COVID and having to sit out for a while. But, you know, he just wasn't good, and it's unfortunate that the trade was such a boondoggle that he's literally getting traded for nothing. Um, but at the same time, it's at least a semi, like it's it's a it's a it's a somewhat good thing, just in terms of like at least this is the first sign that the Mavericks are not just going to run back last year's team to a, how now we don't know how full of an extent they do because we got to see what they do next week in free agency but at least it's a it's a signal that they're that they are on at least somewhat of the same page that we are as last last season's team was not good enough uh and when you trade your biggest offseason acquisition of 2020 for nothing i think that's kind of admitting defeat and ready to move on to whatever the next era of the next chapter of the luka Doncic era yeah it's funny i i remember where I remember where I was kind of like sitting in a park. I was sitting in like a parking lot waiting to go on this, take my child through this like driving tour of this dinosaur exhibit thing. When people were talking about how the Mavericks, if they really wanted to, could have like $55 million in cap space this summer. And this was last year. And I just remember just like, like wanting to like roll like my eyes out of my head. Um, and, and what we're faced with right now, what's kind of interesting about this is that, if the Mavericks renounce Tim Hardaway's rights and now with this trade, they do have the option of, of creating a true max cap slot. Uh, it's a bit risky because the only player it seems that would kind of command that, that they're interested in right now is Kyle Lowry. Uh, and, and I'm sure I'm getting some of the details wrong here. The cap heads and we cap heads on our site and elsewhere have been talking about this. I mean, the the details to me aren't super important 
uh, yet because it, it, we're talking about what the fact that there are just real kind of options for the Mavericks at this point. Whereas earlier this week and really even earlier today, it seemed like the Lowry option was fading very quickly just because the Mavericks weren't realistically going to get enough space to sign him to the kind of deal that he was demanding. Now, whether you feel positive or negative about Lowry is not really the point. It's more a bigger discussion about like what the Mavericks were able to do. And, you know, I don't know about you, but I was, you know, last night with being the NBA draft and then just with this free agency stuff, it was just another reminder of just how badly in the Mavericks, you know, box themselves in with the, the Porzingis trade and then with falling from three to five in 2019, where they, or I'm sorry, 2018, where they just didn't have a lot that they could do. And, and it wasn't their fault. It was just, you know, when you trade for KP, this is just, and it doesn't work out perfectly. This is just kind of where we are. We've talked about this at length, but you know, now with, with, you know, Richardson, out of the picture and you know they they essentially traded him for a second you know they got a second round pick for seth curry seth curry might even get moved on from from the sixers like that trade might end up being just a total like bleh in nba history which is kind of weird um but it's it's i don't know this is just one of these things where i think like i i am overall i'm interested and it feels like a net win uh but at you know just because it wasn't a very good deal to begin with, right? Right, because, I mean, we were all, just like, you know, we were all, well, to some degree, we were all on the same page for the Kristaps trade. But, I mean, everyone, I mean, that was a universally lauded trade for the Mavericks. I mean, I don't remember seeing too much skepticism around him being brought in here. I was a big fan of the trade. I know you were. A lot of our staff was. It was the uh, right risk. Right. It was It was exactly, you know, when you watch that series, the first series against the Clippers, it was exactly the kind of thing that the Mavericks needed. Hey, another longer defensive athletic guard that can, that can maybe bring a little bit of a defensive edge and then has at least some history of being able to score on his own and maybe distribute a little bit and i think we've seen now that 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 seasoning he had in miami where he averaged almost 17 points a game and four assists like that's that's the outlier season and you kind of look at his basketball reference page and every other season is very similar to each other um but uh you know it's it's disappointing that from the standpoint of you know it seems like everything luca touches turns to gold in the sense of like all of his all of his all of his teammates seem to have like career offensive seasons next to him and Richardson was the the one exception and for him to be you know for the biggest offseason acquisition of 2020 and the guy you were relying on to be your third best player for him to be the one lone exception and to you know Luca not making a difference uh in his offensive game like that was that kind of killed last season despite you know the fact that they were able to recover during the regular season but as you saw in the playoffs like they desperately needed like the good version of Josh Richardson. And if they did, they probably would have won the series. Yeah. And it is disappointing because he seemed like a genuinely like fun dude. Like the, the team, his teammates seemed to like him. He, he was a pretty good soldier down the stretch. He like complained about the fact that he wasn't starting, but he was never, you know, he, he didn't really cause any issues other than to note his, his, professional displeasure with something that makes you know anybody who's played a competitive sport can relate to that but 
you know, now he gets a chance up in Boston. They're trading him, and I, we should have mentioned this at the top. Um, it's it's a straight up trade into a uh, what do you call it? Trade exception. It was the remainder of the Gordon Hayward trade from the Celtics to uh, the Charlotte Hornets uh, last year. The Mavericks apparently have created their own trade exception, which um, that if I could have a negative, it's that because I am going to kill all of you who suggest trade exception things that the Mavericks can do with it because they've never the last time they did something with a trade exception, I'm pretty sure was related to Tyson Chandler in 2011. I could be wrong. It was it's been forever like doing things with a trade exception takes like a series of, of really solid circumstances coming together at the exact right time um but but that's you know that's it's it's good that they cleared the space off their books there's no you know it's it's kind of just a, an experiment that didn't work uh another guy who kind of needed the ball a little more than the Mavericks wanted him to have it uh, I think he'll probably be uh, better utilized up in up in Boston, um, but I could be wrong. We'll see there. Um, but then for the Mavericks, it's just it, it's kind of where we are is turning our attention to free agency. And I'm not really, and I think you're, you and I are in the same place with this. I'm not really in the headspace to discuss free agency at the moment because there's just so much smoke out there that there's not. There's not really in, anything interesting to say. I mean, I was kind of half-jokingly tweeting today about how the Mavericks should now go pursue Alex Caruso, but, you know, that's the kind of sensible, like, regular signing, I think, that that fans aren't interested in discussing because they want bigger names, you know? Right. That's the kind of thing that we hope that they kind of, if they stop star chasing, you know, get another sensible role player that can maybe start for you. Obviously, that's not going to be fun if he's your headliner uh, from your offseason, but he would definitely help. Uh, I I wouldn't mind him here. But, yeah, it feels feels a little bit like Kyle Lowry or Bust, doesn't it? Yeah, which is a a terrible feeling. Yeah, I mean, I would hope that there is something more, and I'm sure that, you know, I don't want to say I'm sure. I'm not sure anything. Uh, Hopefully there is a backup plan to if Lowry – goes elsewhere because i mean he is hotly pursued and he does not you know it seems crazy that he's kind of that the pelicans are kind of made their way into this but it seems like you know he's won a ring so he's not ring chasing so he doesn't necessarily just judging from an outsider looking in doesn't seem like he values winning right now as much as maybe someone typically at his stage of his career would because he's got his ring he doesn't you know he doesn't necessarily need a ring so why not try to get paid as much as you can before you leave the league i don't really blame him so you know on paper you'd be like well how are new how is new orleans even here you know dallas is a better situation for him in terms of you know playing next to luca and he'd, he'd have a chance for a championship but Right, right. Maybe. Like Luca is literally better than Zion. This is a take that would bother non-Mavs fans because you know there's just a lot of weird discussion about Luca. But but Zion is is until Zion is is I don't know leads a team to the playoffs at all. I don't really want to hear it. Like Luca's better. The Mavericks are better. It's it's a weird sort of thing. I it, it you know it, the fact that I heard that, that we've all heard that the Pelicans are in the lead like just makes me sit here and think like is the stink around Mark Cuban that like terrible i mean it, that's kind of a discussion for a different day but there's really no good reason to sign in new orleans you know zion exists but everything else about that team stinks 
Right. If the Mavericks lose Lowry and he goes to, you know, if he goes to Miami or if he goes to Philly, it'll be way more understandable. But if he goes to New Orleans, that's going to be like, man, I don't, I don't even know what the reaction is going to be around here. Like that, I think the fan base will revolt and, and we will see an entire fan base get Joker fired within, you know, 24 hours. Because if you can't, and if, like if, you know, we've been, how much have we been told, you know, guys want to play with Luca and the Mavericks keep spinning this and Cuban keeps saying this. But if you lose out on a free agency pitch to a guy who signs in New Orleans, like no offense to New Orleans, but like then it's over after, you know what I mean? Like they, there's going to be a, a lot of soul searching if, if that's what really happens, if he if the Mavericks lose him to New Orleans specifically. For sure. And I know I said we weren't going to talk free agents and here we are, but yeah, no. the 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 Miami one kind of interests me because I, I sort of, my heart of hearts wants Goran Dragic uh, with the Mavericks but after talking to a lot of our Slovenian fans and not because he's Slovenian, but because his style of play, he and Luca fit together like a pair of puzzle pieces because he plays so hard all the time and does the sort of, you know, I, I'm pretty sure he was the primary ball handler when they won the world championship um, in 2017. I could be wrong, but I just, he just strikes me as kind of that ideal older mentor guard that can still play a little bit. I don't think it'll happen, but, but that's just something that I'm, that I'm kind of thinking about as a potential, just very good signing that Mavs fans won't be happy with because it's not a name. Yeah, maybe that's what the Lowry pivot is because obviously if they lose Lowry and if he goes to Miami especially, like he's he's going to be gone. Like there's no way Drogic is going to be on that team if they get Lowry. So so maybe that's the consolation prize. I mean, it wouldn't be terrible, and I kind of agree with all the points he made. Uh, hopefully he would get to – hopefully he would play. He's been injury plagued the last two seasons, so that would be another, another guy that you're going to have to sit out some games along with KP – uh, so that would that would be definitely the downside, but but I wouldn't mind it at all for the reasons you mentioned. Well, we'll probably get into more of this stuff next week. Our staff's done a phenomenal job just cranking out all sorts of profiles about any free agent under the sun that they'd like to write about, um, and there's still probably going to be more coming. But it's you know free agency is pretty soon. We'll talk about it. I think maybe after uh, after this weekend. I'm not sure. Um, and by the way, if anybody hears any background noise on my end, I apologize. My wife and I are moving in and, and I, I, you know, I didn't want to, we, we just need to move. And, and I wasn't going to about to ask her to tell her to stop doing stuff. So it could be quiet for 25 minutes. Um, before we go, I did really kind of want to just touch base last night. It's funny. You and I both fell off the map uh, in, in terms of just not covering anything Mavericks related because I was moving in. You have a, you have a new baby. It's, it's in the Mavericks didn't have a draft pick. So what was the point? And, you know, we kind of woke up this morning and, and I feel that it, the strangest thing to me and, and friend of the, the show, former Mavs Money Ball contributor, Dalton Trigg, pointed this out. He was like, why did they why did Nico do both a post draft or a pre and post draft interview? Like, what was the point? All it really did was piss the hardcore fans off. And it's exactly right, because the Mavericks weren't really in a position to do anything. And we watched, you know, like like a little bit of what happened. You know, I, there were a number of guys that they they said they had their eye on, but the situation never presented itself. And I just, I don't know about you, after years of that crap, I didn't want to hear anymore. Yeah, that that line he had about like we had a lot of first round pick offers, but like we didn't want to take it because those would take up roster spots, like. 
was really hilarious. And they, once again, he's talked about, I think he said like, we're a young team. And that was a young funny. team. <laughs> um, so like that kind of like, I mean, that's just, I don't know what they feel behind the scenes, but that's just like the stupid stuff that pisses us off when they talk, talk about that in public, because it just makes them look so daft and, you know, just not in the loop. Like, of course, like, I don't know what about this roster screams. Uh, they don't have room on the roster for another talented first round pick. Uh, I see plenty of opportunities for them for, for, for someone to take a roster spot because they could kick some of these guys off if, if, uh, if I'm being honest. So that was pretty funny. Uh, and then the idea that like, you know, I think a lot of people in your mentions and I think my mentions, cause I've been harping about like the Mavericks using their, their cap space to try to acquire, you know, first round pick uh, because I just don't trust what the Mavericks do with their cap space. I get a lot of response. Like people are like, you know, Lucas here, it's time to win. We can't draft another pick. And I'm just baffled by that response because it's like, it's almost 80% not about the picking a player. It's, refilling your draft ammo the mavericks have almost nothing tangible to trade with outside of jalen brunson and you know the next first round pick they can trade is 2025 i think and then uh so like when when your team you lost the first round pick in in 2019 because of bad draft lottery luck you've lost 2021 and 2023 because of the Kristaps trade like they're low on ammo and you know if they want to acquire another another star level talent, they're probably going to need to find a way to replenish that trade ammo so they can make a trade because we know what they do in free agency. So that, that was the only part, you know, leading up to the draft that kind of irked me uh, was people thinking that like, I wanted the Mavericks to get a draft pick so they could actually draft someone. I was like, man, I just want them to have draft picks so they can have some more room to work with in these trade and trade negotiations and, and get themselves into some conversations that they probably can't get them in right now. Because when you look at the Mavericks trade cupboard, it's, it's, bone dry you know it, it to me i st- you know the people who follow us i figure after 10 years of this people understand my shtick we have to stop buying what the mavericks are selling us and it's not telling you to not be a fan it's mainly telling you you don't have to if the mavericks tell you the draft picks don't matter you don't have to agree with that i understand that the mavericks want to win or the mavericks want to win now but the Nets had like five draft picks last night, and the Nets are are basically the finals favorites next year. Okay, you know the, they they drafted a guy who went to my college, uh, uh, Kessler Edwards, who is just like the kind of lengthy wing that the Mavericks need to take a shot on. But they don't have any picks, and if it, it's just it's just worth reminding everybody that it, while it is okay that the Mavericks didn't have any picks, this is sort of the situation. the The way that you improve your team is through free agency, through trades, or through the draft. And for 10 to 15 years now, the Mavericks have essentially told the fans that the draft doesn't matter. Therefore, putting way more pressure on free agency and trades. And as we have found out, they have not been good at free agency due to a series of events. And frankly, because they think they're smarter than everybody, they've not been very good at trades in this last decade either. Now we have a new front office and that's okay. And and it's important to acknowledge that. But for this team to get better, it's, it's really important that the Mavericks in the future use all available tools. That's, that's what Josh and I are saying. 
Yes, exactly. Couldn't say it better myself. And also, when you remove one of the three prongs of the triangle or, or points of the triangle, it makes the other two hard. You know, it's harder to make trades when you don't care about the draft because mm-hmm. if you don't have draft picks, you can't make trades. Yeah, because like uh, if Josh, if if Carlisle had played Josh Green and you could could have seen anything about Josh Green. Right now, Josh Green would be an asset. And yes. I love I love that so many of our fans love these players. I'm not telling you not to love them. I'm just telling you relative to how asset building and trading works, no one wants any of these players. It's not because they're bad. It's because they don't have any tape. Yeah, like what are you trading for? Like there's nothing like you're trading for a mystery box, basically. And if you're a team like that, you'd be like, well, I'd rather just trade for like, why would I want Josh Green when I can just get the 18th pick and make, you know, in the next year's draft and, and, and get my own mystery box, so to speak, you know, there's just, there's just nothing there. Yeah. Well, all right. I think we're near the tail end here. <laughs> um, I do want to at least end on a high note. And that high note is Holy God is Luka Doncic unbelievable at basketball when he is focused if these Olympic games have shown us something, and granted, I understand who he's played against. Uh, the you know some of the some of the games haven't been against you know the Japanese aren't exactly the best team. Neither is 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 Argentina. But when when he is focused, he is among the best players on earth. And it you know after watching what Giannis did in the finals, really take it to a different level, it makes me curious as to what Luca's does Luca have another gear? What is that gear? Because he's just played so well in, in some of the biggest stages that we've seen him in. And, and I'm really, you know, with, with team USA floundering, it's a lot of fun to watch uh, Slovenia do this. It's also a lot of fun watching, uh, you know, talking with their fans uh, who are, are just so enthused, you know, it's a lot of Americans. And I understand why are very like jaded. They're not, there's not a lot of like patriotic sense sentiment particularly amongst basketball fans on the American side, but watching how like some of these, these fans of countries are getting into it has been a lot of fun. And uh, you know, anybody that took odds on Slovenia meddling has to be feeling really good right now. Oh yes. Uh, they, they're a lot of fun to watch too. The style they play, uh, the way that they kind of had, they've kind of gelled. Uh, it makes me made this oh, point. You- or oh, go ahead. Did you talk about uh, uh, Igor officially uh, signing on the podcast earlier this week? Uh, I don't think we did. We didn't cover that when I talked with Ben. So, so, so Igor Kokoshkov. Gosh, I, the, one guy taught me how to say it. I just don't have it in my in my uh, vernacular yet. It'll get there. But I'm really excited about that hire. I I think it it says something to me about Jason Kidd that I wasn't ready for in that. If they're hiring a guy who got some of the best out of Luca, it says to me that maybe he has grown a little bit from his power grabbing days. It really does. I I, I find that just I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe that's me being too positive for once in my life. But I, I just I love the I love the hire. No, I, that I think that was a good hire, and I think you know the more veteran, uh, pre, you know, presence on the bench for Jason Kidd, the better. Uh, and like you said, that I think that says a lot about where Kid is as a coach, and hopefully that means he's grown. And hopefully, all the stories we've heard about how he's he's grown in Los Angeles are true. Yeah, yeah. Well, guys, so I have no idea what day free agency starts. I have no Monday. idea what day today is. Um, 
my apparently it was a Friday. I think I was supposed to do more work today than I was supposed to. My boss seemed a little unhappy with me, but you know what? Uh, I drove 1600 miles. I listened to all sorts of podcasts. Um, and it is the, it's, this is supposed to be the slow time. And, and you and I have, uh, you know, it's funny when, when you and I take a step back for a couple of days, it's, it's really a reminder of how much stuff we actually do for this yes, site all the time. It is. <laughs> it is. Uh, but you know what? I, I, people like it. Um, I got an email today from, from one of our, our longtime commenters who was just asking why we didn't catch a typo. And he and I just had a little bit of a, of an exchange and he was at the end of it. He, he said, you know, I, I'm just impressed that you guys find the time to do all this stuff. And, and he's, he's right. <laughs> yeah, he definitely. So, I'll take a pat so, on the back for that. That's right. Well, guys, uh, we'll have some more content. I'll, we'll probably do, I'll probably do a green room or something at some point. I lost one of my ear pods while, while moving, which oh, is extremely no. annoying. Oh, um, no. But I'll, I'll, I'll figure something out with, with the, uh, the green room stuff. Um, and you and I, you know, we'll, well, I, I, we need to figure out whether we want to do just a pre-show or a post-show because our whole staff is, is like, we're like, I don't want to say we're in a malaise, but everybody's just kind of, I don't know. We're just ready for free agency to be over with. Yes. That- <laughs> yeah. I think, cause this is like it, like, you know, the sunshine is gone. Like this, this is the off season, man. Like, Well, I'm looking forward to summer league. Like I like yeah. summer league cause it's, it's such projection it's like because that was where like campaign two years ago he was on the Mavs summer league team and it was like holy crap what is up with this guy and then he's in the finals this year it's like okay you know it's like so like that sort of stuff is just it's pure fun because it's ridiculous but but that's like you know after this this is the last real bit of like hard news that we'll get until end of september right so, so we'll see it'll be it'll be quite the week next week for sure one way or the other well, thank you for taking the time to hop on. Um, we'll talk in a couple days. Yeah, let's get out of here. All right. Kirk Anderson, Josh Bow, Mavs Moneyball After Dark. Like, subscribe, tell your friends, go to the website, read all of our profiles, and we will talk to you soon.